0: Christ is risen, Christos vos crece, Christos anesti. This Sunday is the Sunday for the Catholic Church, a World Day of Prayer for vocations. And so we will have special petitions at the Litany of Supplication for asking God for an increase of vocations. And we'll have a prayer at the end of the, after the Ambaum prayer and after the announcements also for vocations. The whole world is gathering, the Holy Catholic Church is gathering to pray for vocations, priests, deacons, monks, nuns, religious, so that we can have growth in our church, ministry to our church, through the sacred ministries of the priesthood, the diaconate, and through the religious and consecrated life, a special calling. But so is the calling to marriage. That, too, is a special calling. You know, when I was being prepared for marriage, Pawnee, Kelly, and I, it was one thing to go through a preparation, it was quite another once you crossed over and you were married and you had to learn to live as a married couple. The same was true with anything. You're going to school and you're studying to be an accountant, or you're studying to be a lawyer, or you're studying to be a doctor. It's one thing to study all about it and hear all about it, but it's quite another to actually have to do it. The same is true with the diaconate, for me personally, and, and for the priesthood. It's one thing to study for it, to prepare for it. But wow, is it a horse of a different color when you're on the other side of from ordination and you have to live it. In our gospel today that we have, the fathers have given us, this gospel, for this very thing. The last few Sundays, including Pascha, we've been hearing about the resurrection and the witness to the resurrection. But from this Sunday and the next two Sundays that follow speak of something else, and we notice the theme in all three of them has to do with water. And we have to keep in mind that Pascha is a time for bringing people into the church, the time for baptisms. So the fathers in their wisdom brought about these readings because they had a theme of water, a theme of reminding those who are newly baptized, those who are newly enlightened of their baptism. Now, some months ago, some months ago, we heard of Luke's account. Of the paralytic. Remember the paralytic. Four men. He had help. Four men carried him around, lowered him through the roof. And we see in this that Jesus said, when they lowered him down and seeing their faith, he says, Take courage, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And of course, there was the murmuring among the, uh, the, the, the Jewish leaders. he's blaspheming. What right does he have to say that? Only God can forgive sins. So Jesus said, so that you may know the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. I say to you, arise, pick up your mat, and go home. But the fathers put this gospel reading that we heard today by the sheep pool for a specific purpose. In this gospel, Jesus walks in and there's all these sick people around. But you notice, He didn't cure everybody, did He? Because His ministry primarily was not about physical healing. Those were only signs of His divinity, pointing to the fact that He was God in the flesh. Now, there was a bigger problem that He came for. And that is for the healing of the soul, the healing of the heart, the rendering that took place in the garden because of our disobedience needed to be healed, and rejuvenated. And we often probably think in our world, why doesn't God do this and why doesn't God do that? Because, you know, stopping this or stopping that or heal me or heal them. Because there's a bigger problem at hand than the physical And it's the problem that will reverberate into the life hereafter, and that has to do with the soul of a person. Christ came to heal the heart. He came to heal the soul. So he picks this man out, and he asks him, would you like to be healed? In Luke's version, in Matthew Marks, we don't hear Jesus asking if He wants to be healed. He does it. But in this gospel we heard today, He asks, do you want to be made well? And He says those very sad words, the man does, I have no one to put me in the pool. I have no one. The paralytic and the Synoptic Gospels, He had four men carrying him. This man has no one." And Jesus tells him to pick up his mat and go home. The water was only part of the story. It was only the introduction. But we see, because we have gone through Christ's death and resurrection, we've seen Christ's life that He is True God from true God, true man from true man, that he doesn't, somebody doesn't have to go into the water, Christ himself will do the healing. And so he picks up his mat and he goes. The man was sick, but there was another sickness that was much deeper. And this is why Jesus went and sought him out in the temple. He went to seek him out so that he could make sure the man knew who he was, so he could let the other Jewish leaders know that it was Jesus that did it. But it's the words that Jesus said to him when he finds him. I see you were well. Go and sin no more, at least something worse happened to you. Don't sin again. You have this new life. I have healed you. Now live your life that reflects the healing you received. Now we go back to the thinking of the church fathers and the reality of what we have in our churches, that this is the time for baptisms, this is the time of the newly enlightened ones to to receive additional instruction about their baptism. They've heard about the water, reminded them of their own death and resurrection into Christ. St. Paul told them that they were now clothed into Christ. Christ is healed, the old self is dead, and the new man is risen. But now the church is teaching that now you have this new life, don't sin anymore. Live your life according to the baptism you received. The church, speaking in God's, Christ's words, is asking, do you commit yourself to Christ? Do you commit yourself to Christ? Have you committed yourself to Christ? Yes, I have committed myself to Christ. Then worship Him, and then we baptize them. But now they're newly enlightened. They're the illumined ones. In the early churches, and we still had parishioners, thank God, we, that here in our own parish, that they would wear their baptismal robe during all of Bright Week and on the Thomas Sunday. Remind themselves of, that they're a changed person. But now the church is saying, okay, as part of your instruction, remember you're a new creation. Now don't sin anymore. Don't go back to the old way of life. The epistles and a number of letters keep talking about, don't go back to the old way. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back. Keep looking forward. And so we ask ourselves today, because you and I have renewed our baptismal promises by participating in Christ's death and resurrection during Holy Week. We've reminded ourselves of who we're clothed in. We've reminded ourselves at Christ's crucifixion, that our sins were forgiven. We've reminded ourselves of Christ's death, that we died in that baptismal font i are reminded when Christ rose from the dead, that we rose from the dead in the, from the waters of regeneration. And that because Christ couldn't be recognized because He was cre- completely transformed in appearance, though while still having human flesh, we too have been completely transformed in appearance while still having human flesh. Our soul has been healed. The wound bound and regenerated and new life. So we must remember that, who we are and who we belong to, and then go from here out and sin no more. Don't fall into the trap of the old man and the old sinful inclinations and the old sinful habits. We are new and we are Christ's. And in keeping this in mind... We live our life and form our life in a manner that allows us, that, that Christian life, to live, to flourish, to blossom. And a big part of that requires us to put our trust into God, put our trust in Christ who died for us. Put our trust in the man who says, aren't you worth more than all the flowers in the field and all the sparrows in the air? Aren't you worth more than they? So don't get caught up in all the world's events. Don't let the exterior storm of the world destroy your interior peace. Because Jesus says, I am your peace. I give you my peace. And I remind you of my peace, and I give you my peace again every time the priest blesses you. And in that... We keep from going back into old habits because we might find ourselves in our peace, in the calmness. We remind ourselves of who we are and who we belong to. And we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be agitated by because we are Christ and we belong to Him. So this gospel today is to remind us who have been baptized of who we are who we belong to, and not to re- repeat the mistakes of old. So let us move on then in our Christian life, and accept all the challenges and struggles that come our way, and accept them reminding ourselves when they come that they too were for my salvation. The rub I have from somebody is for my salvation because I need to learn to be humble and patient. The difficulty I have because of this or that or the other situation is for my salvation because it's an opportunity for me to grow in trust. The church is going to spend the rest of the year teaching us about our baptism teaching us about who we are. And now, just like the man in the pool, when he says, I have no one, the truth is he did. He had Christ. And the same as you and I, when we feel we have no one, the truth is we have Christ. And we can experience His presence in the peace that dwells within it, but to have that peace, we must make sure that we have not tried to resurrect the old man, but tried to live the life of the new man that was baptized in the waters of regeneration. This is what Christ has come to do and come to give us, new life and new hope, and a reminder that this world we're in now is not our final destination. We are created for something even greater. This we have been given now is to prepare us to receive what is to come with greater fullness and greater joy. Christ is risen.